Hey, thanks for joining us here at PassionChurch.com. We hope this message blesses you and your life. If it has, we encourage you to feed what's feeding you and give to what's giving to you. The easiest way to do that is by going to PassionChurch.com give. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity and for giving to the vision here at Passion Church. We pray that this message blesses your life and your future. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4 and uh, we'll begin talking to you this morning about uh, the word today. And again, we have the uh, revival service tonight, which we will be ministering to every person. Tonight, we'll be laying hands on every individual uh, for impartation, as well as operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, just having an encounter with God. Now, how many of you today want to be a genuine, authentic Christian? Let me see your hands. How many of you really want to be authentic and genuine? And how many of you would like the promises in the Bible to actually come to pass in your life? Praise the Lord. How many of you would like to be a nice person? <laughs> to mean people? Wouldn't that be exciting? So, Christianity does not work without the Bible. And we are now in a time where Christianity is now being presented without the Bible. And so mutants are beginning to be formed. And mutants is mixing darkness with light. And having two lifestyles that do not match. One that produces life and one that produces death. So what I want to talk to you about this morning in our time is how to have a relationship with the Bible and how important it is for you to understand that the devil wants to steal your Bible. The devil's job is to demonize, trivialize, minimize anything that God wants to give you. Anything God wants to give you, he is going to attack it in some way. He will attack the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and he will also attack the powers and miraculousness of the Bible. If you do the research on your own, you will find some very powerful facts. One, only 17% of people that go to church get their world view of life and of the world and of how you should live your life from the Bible. So over 70 something percent of people do not see life based on the way God says to see life. They do not consider things, social things, relationship things, moral things, ethical things, the way the Bible says to see them. They get that worldview from other places that they are connected to, other than the Bible. Christianity is pre-programmed to fail in your life without a relationship with your Bible. Now, it is not owning a Bible that I'm talking about and having one in your house. 
It is actually having a relationship with it. It's like a marriage. You can be married but have no relationship. You can just have an arrangement. So the Bible is not for symbolic purposes. Like you're not supposed to have it there and just look at it as you walk by to do other things. Like, ooh, there's the Bible. It doesn't do you any good if you don't understand the powers of the Bible, the superpowers of the Bible, and what the Bible can do for you in your life. If you look up statistics in Barna or any of the other Bible research places, you will find some very shocking statistics. Over 80% of people that go to church do not actually believe or, or read their Bible daily. They don't necessarily believe that the Bible is breathed and created and written by God himself. They believe it's just one of uh, many books that are good books that have self-help information in it and some stories that may or may not be true. But they don't have a relationship with it. It's not a daily, intimate, intricate part of their lives. If this is the case in your life, you are not going to be a good person unless you were born that way, which some of you are. Some of you are just nice. You came out nice. You, just, you don't need Jesus. You're just nice. But for the rest of us, that have fangs, claws, uh, you know, the hoof on the foot, and things of that nature. Those of us that need redeeming, transforming, converting, and general help to be able to be around for any length of time without hurting someone. If you're that person, you're going to need the supernatural help of God's Word. Praise the Lord. Matthew 4.4 4 says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Over 87% of people that come to church no longer bring a Bible. They do not take notes. They do not write down anything. They do not really go to church to have God speak to them. They go for many other reasons. And most people that go to church now, when, the re when I was doing this research, it said that a frequent Bible user is any person that reads the Bible four times a year. Four times a year. Now, perhaps you don't know this, but the Bible was written by God. It is one of the, it is the only sacred book that God has written on planet Earth. It is perfect. It is full of truth. It is full of life. The Bible says that everything will pass away, but the Word of God will not pass away. The Bible will be used in judging our lives. Everything we get that is good in our lives comes from the Word of God and our activity with it and our relationship to it. The Bible has transforming powers in it. It has miracle working powers in it. And it has 
the power to change your life. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of the Lord is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And as a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart, the Bible is a living book. But there are two Bibles. There is a locked Bible and an open Bible. Now the locked Bible is called the Logos Bible. Logos means the revealed will of God without the illumination of the Holy Spirit on it. So the Bible as it is written is called Logos, means that's just the way it's written. And anybody who reads that Bible, whether you're a Muslim or whether you are uh, a Hindu or whether you are an atheist, whatever you may be, when you read the Logos Bible, it will say the same thing to everyone. For example, you will read, Thou shall not kill. That is the revealed will of God. Thou shall not kill. Everybody will get the same thing out of that. Thou shall not kill. When the Holy Spirit comes and breathes on that scripture and illuminates that scripture and unlocks that scripture and that scripture becomes a living revelation now you don't just read thou shall not kill you get the insights of the Holy Spirit the living Rhema Bible Rhema the living active alive word that can be applied to your personal situation and can heal whatever you're in it will interpret that with the breath of God and the illumination of God. It will interpret thou shall not kill like this. Thou shall not kill even in your thoughts. So now you're not murdering literally. You are now no longer murdering intellectually. Because you have been given insight into just that one verse. The Holy Spirit came and breathed on that and it became a living thing. So if you do not have a relationship with the Bible, then your Bible is locked. The way you know that your Bible is locked is when you read it, you are bored. This is a locked Bible. When you read it, you fall asleep. This is a locked Bible. When you read it, you don't get anything out of it. This is a locked Bible. You are a Christian who has had their Bible locked and cannot get the information you need from the Bible to live the life the way the Bible says you should live it or to experience life the way the Bible says you should experience it. You will not see Jesus the way Jesus really is. You will see Jesus as a Logos Jesus. Unrevealed. Historical. Or some kind of, you know, um, legend. Or some kind of good person. Something that is just intellectual. But when the Holy Spirit breathes on Jesus in the Bible, 
It paints the picture of Jesus to you and you see that there's no one like him, no one as beautiful as he is, no one as loving as he is, no one as wonderful as he is, no one as amazing as he is, and all of a sudden he becomes a personal Jesus to you, somebody that actually is looking at you in your face right now who is not dead and buried in a grave, but who is alive and is talking to you and you can actually hear his voice talking to you because the Bible reveals Jesus. It removes the veil that no one else out there with locked Bibles can actually see. They cannot see Jesus because their Bible logos will not reveal Jesus that way. Hallelujah. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you will not be the kind of Christian you want to be without seeing Jesus the way he is. 2 Corinthians 3.18 Beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are transformed from glory to glory into His image. In other words, when you read your Bible and the Holy Spirit breathes on that Bible and unlocks that Bible, all of a sudden everything in the Bible that is just plain, all the revelation of that, all the secret information of that, all the secret hidden powers of that are unleashed on you and you are now on fire, Jeremiah said in verse tw chapter 20, verse 9, your word is inside me like a burning fire, even in my bones, it is burning me on the inside. And the people on the road to Emmaus said, while he spoke with us, Jesus speaking to us, revealed himself from Genesis all the way to the end of the Old Testament. He's revealed him. Did not our hearts burn within us while he revealed to us who he is? If your Bible is locked, then you have no defense against temptations that you actually like. If you like reefers, but you don't want to smoke them anymore, you just want to carry them around. You're not going to have the strength to stop the reefer from prophesying to you. While it sits in your purse or your pants, it will speak to you. I'm here. I will bring you comfort and peace. You need me to get through this day because your husband is crazy. <laughs> so Jesus is easily replaced when Jesus is not actually tangible. You're going to go to something else. That's what the facts reveal. That's what the evidence tells us. That you're going to rotate to something else to get your peace, your joy, your love, your fulfillment, your gratification, your satisfaction. Other books, other stories, other chemicals, other things from food to cocaine and everything in between. Jesus will not be enough if your Bible is locked. You will not last in church. You will not enjoy church. You will fall asleep through the messages and you will not enjoy uh, the presence of God anymore because you will be cut off from the presence of God because you will become sterile to God. 
the Bible is the Word of God breathed on by God that can resurrect all the dead things in your life and deliver you from every chain that you have and break every addiction in your life and shatter all the hate in your life and all the bitterness in your life and all the perversion that has entered your life and the uncleanness that has entered your life and everything that makes you feel guilty and ashamed and accused and judged the Word of God will drive it out of your life. Satan wants your Bible. He wants to steal your Bible. Praise the Lord. The Bible tells us that the Bible is perfect, that the Bible is truth, that the Bible is everlasting, meaning you are, you are a temporal being with an eternity inside you. Your body is temporal. It will die. This body. It will die. But you'll get a new body. An, a, a resurrected body that will be eternal and will never die for all of eternity. Praise the Lord. Either in heaven or in hell. The Bible gives you the powers to live the kind of life that you do not have the power to live without supernatural help. You cannot please God in every area of your life without the Bible. There are some areas of your life that are too strong and are too deeply rooted in you in DNA form and in the iniquity and curses that you inherited in your DNA, in your chemical makeup, inside you, the nature of Adam inside you is too strong and it has dominated the men of your family or the women of your family for hundreds of years and you inherited that DNA and that DNA cannot be dominated by willpower it cannot be dominated by behavior modification it cannot be dominated by you making a choice because you will make a choice and then unmake it make a choice and then unmake it make a choice and then unmake it but if the Bible gets in there the Bible is the penicillin of your soul it will get inside and it will devour the DNA of your mama and of your daddy and of your grandparents and it will activate the divine nature of Jesus on the inside of you and give you the power to walk and live a life you cannot take any credit for. Only God will be blamed for the kind of life you will live. You go from being a simple normal person to someone with miraculous testimonies that only God can be blamed for. Praise the Lord. When you have a locked Bible, then you will make the wrong conclusions. Your conclusions determine your harvest. They determine the direction you go. They determine the relationships you establish. They determine your belief system, your value system. They determine your ethics. They determine your morality. Your conclusions are you. Every conclusion you make is the fruit of two things, perspective and perception. And when the Bible is not in there forming your perspective and creating your perception, you are going to have the wrong perspective, the wrong perception, and the wrong conclusion, and the wrong life. 
You and I, ladies and gentlemen, need to fear God and come back to the Bible. We need to come back to the Bible and we need to start having a relationship with the Bible that is alive, personal, intimate, and sweet. Your Bible needs to be alive and when you read it, you need to catch on fire. And you need to say, I can't go one day without the Bible. I've got to get in the Bible before I step out of the door of my house and go face this world. I need the Bible in there talking to me, ministering to me, speaking to me, leading me, guiding me, giving me light, direction, understanding, and most of all, giving you divine intelligence. Give somebody a high five and say, you are so skinny. Praise God. Go ahead and bam. If you grew up in church, if you grew up in church falling asleep in church, the reason you did that is because you were in the presence of a dead preacher with a locked Bible. But if you go to church where the Holy Ghost is moving and blind eyes are opening and cancer is disappearing and God is delivering you of alcoholism and God is setting your family free, then you got something to shout about in church and all of a sudden you stop being a nice little person and you get a little radical about life and living and all of a sudden your chains are falling off and you get all kinds of crazy and you want to tell people about Jesus everywhere you go. Because isn't it true, ladies and gentlemen, that whatever you love, you always praise. You always talk about the things you love. That's how we know you love something. I can sit with a person for two minutes and start inquiring and I'll find out the things they love. And they are revealed by the knowledge they have of that thing. How about golf? How do you like golf? Oh yeah, oh my God, did you see that PGA? Did you see the, did you see the Masters? Oh my God, that third, did you see that putting style? Oh, that, they see, oh, I got this, I got that, I got that, I got this bag, I got that bag, all day. I got the greatest shotgun ever, man, to kill those ducks. Oh my God, let's go right on out there. All day long. My truck is like no other truck. I mean, because you always praise what you love. This is my child. This is my boy. This is my girl. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Touch him. Say anything negative. Hell yeah. <laughs> but when's the last time you led anybody to Jesus? Personally. When's the last time you sat there and uttered the wonders of Jesus? And how much you love him and how much he means to you. Because ladies and gentlemen, you love the idea of Jesus. But not necessarily him. You may not have a relationship with him that's actually working for you. You just know too much not to like him. But liking Jesus does not make Jesus alive. Loving Jesus, yes. Praise the Lord. The Bible gives you the face of God. Give somebody a high five and say, don't stop. Don't quit. Keep going. Praise the Lord. When you have a locked Bible, your perspective will be twisted. Your perception will be distorted. Your conclusions will be wrong. Your harvest will be poisoned. Your inner man will be weak. You will be dominated by your body. 
Some of you are body driven. That means that your life is the fruit of the appetites of your life. You are an appetite driven human being. Your body dominates every area of your life. You go from one appetite to another appetite all day long. That is because the Word of God is not inside you. Or you're a soul-driven person. That means that your emotions dominate your life. Everything you do is emotional. Or mental. Or the fruit of your will. I want, I want, I want, I want. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. I need, I need, I need, I need. You're soul-driven. But if you put the Bible in you, it feeds your spirit, conscience, intuition, and communion. Now you're led by your conscience. You see through perception of God. And you have fellowship with Jesus even while no audible language is being spoken. You're in communion because your spirit man is now under the Word of God and you're being led by the Spirit of God. You're dominating your body, dominating your soul, and the Holy Spirit does not lead your body or your soul. Your, the Holy Spirit leads your spirit. If you don't feed your spirit the Word of God, your spirit is weak and a skeleton. And when temptation comes, you have nothing to resist with because your inner man is so weak. Praise God. Look at somebody and say, holla, holla. Praise God. Hug somebody right now and say, my gosh. Where's my Bible? Now, because I'm running out of time, I need to skip a lot of things. And let me tell you this. Number one, to help you. Your Bible must make sense when you read it. You need to ask God to open the Bible to you by getting on your knees before you read the Bible. And you need to get a translation of the Bible that matches your brain. Now, how many of you have a brain? Put your hand on your brain and say, I have a brain. Others would doubt that. But let's say for argument's sake, you have a brain. Your brain has a language that your brain speaks. If, for example, you get the daily newspaper and it's written by Shakespeare, it's going to be very hard for you to read that newspaper more than one day. You'll say, I get nothing out of it. What does this word mean? Lasciviousness. And if every word is like that, written by Shakespeare, you would not read the daily paper. You would say, I can't read this book. I don't understand what it's saying. Because you're reading a translation, your mind does not speak. You must go out and find a translation of the Bible that matches your brain. And that language will make sense to you because it speaks the language of your brain. That's the first thing you've got to do. Instead of putting the Bible down, it says, I ain't reading it. Get a language of the Bible that you actually can understand. Two, pray over the Bible before you read it. Fast and pray and ask God to open the Bible to you so it becomes a living powerful book. And memorize the Bible because Jesus had the whole Bible memorized and used it to fight the devil. 
The Word of God is the power of God. Jesus is the Word of God. So anytime you put a piece of the Word of God inside your brain, you're putting a piece of eternity inside you. Every thought of God is a medicine. So anytime you put a thought of God inside you, you're healing yourself. So as much of the Bible as you can possibly put inside of you will heal something sick in your life. And you will not be sick anymore in any area where you apply the living rhema word of God to that area of your life, you will get healed in that area of your life. Magazines won't heal you. Philosophy won't heal you. Uh, psychiatrists won't heal you. Psychologists won't heal you. You know, reading self-help books will not heal you. None of those things will heal you. They're, they will modify your behavior, but they will not transform your inner man. Give somebody a high five and say, praise God, you are going to pay my house off. Praise God. I love this church. I love it. I went to church and somebody paid my house off. Praise God. I believe in this church. I support this church. I love this church. I'm going back. They may pay my car off next week. What if I had the gift of shrinking people? You would be here every single week. If I would just bring up a person that was overweight, let's say 100 pounds, and I just went... And they were all skinny. We'd have a line to Cleveland right now. And if I could catch that on film and, and do a, a commercial, the whole city would be here. I'm going to the shrinking preacher. I'm 100 pounds overweight. He's going to get it off me. <laughs> oh, let's go get some pies. Praise God. It would be a great gift. I am praying for it. Praise God. Psalm 1. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season, and his leaves shall not wither. Joshua 1.8. Let not the book of the law depart out of your mouth, but meditate in it day and night, and be careful to do everything that's written therein, and then you will have success and prosperity. Jeremiah 1.12. God goes around looking uh, over his word to bring it to pass and to perform it in your life. Praise God. Jeremiah 15, 16, I found your word and ate it, and it became to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Isaiah 55, 10, 11, God sent out his word, and it did not return until it had accomplished that which he sent it out to do. Praise God. Hug somebody right now and say, man, is that your original hair color? That's amazing. You have a relationship with God by memorizing the Bible. You have a relationship with God by meditating on the Bible. I'm not going to be able to give you all of these, so you might have to go to one of the other services. I suggest you do, but that's up to you. Uh, meditation is this. How many of you know how to worry? Let me see your hands if you know how to worry. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Worry is meditating on Satan's promises. Fear is faith in Satan's promises. When you meditate on what Satan is telling you, you imagine these terrible things happening. 
When you memorize the Bible and meditate on the good things that are going to happen from the promise God gave you, you imagine all the wonderful miracles that God is going to do through that one verse that you put inside you. Now you are meditating and the Word of God has become alive and real and now you're getting personal information that is going to transform your personal life in the area that you are struggling in because you have applied the Word of God by memorizing, by meditating, by studying, by writing it down and journaling, and by telling it to other people and sharing it. You have taken a locked Bible, unlocked it, given it to other people. It heals you while you heal them. God bless America, land of the free, and home of the brave. Come on. Somebody clap your hands right now and say, praise God. Jesus is amazing.